I'm going to start with a little bit of a ministry update, um, and so therefore I didn't want you to stand through all of that because I may just get carried away. Uh, but it's uh, it's going well. The ministry is going well. We have over 70 civilian chaplains now as part of our organization. Uh, on my board, I have five applicants' names. Uh, one I'm interviewing tomorrow uh, to be a police chaplain and. Uh, in the Columbus, Ohio area, and uh, it's just amazing what God is doing uh, with civilian chaplaincy and just the incredible opportunities that are there for us. I did have opportunities, some of you may have gotten my uh, prayer letter, did have opportunity to go to New York City and speak to that presbytery up there back in March, and I, I really called them to task. In all of metropolitan New York City, we have one chaplain. And he's only been there a year. Um, and in Chicago, we have one applicant. I talked to a fellow with uh, the Gospel Coalition just this past week. Uh, he's from the Twin Cities area. We have zero in the Twin Cities. We have zero in Dallas. We have zero in Houston. We have two in the L.A. area. Most of what we have are scattered through the Southeast, which is the PCA, you know, that's the home base for for the PCA, and and so it makes a little bit of sense. But think about all the hospitals, all the hospices, all the prisons, all the retirement communities that are out there that could use someone with a biblically conservative, reformed perspective ministering to those people. That's my vision, and that's my goal. Uh, I think we ought to have 500-plus civilian chaplains. And I'm, I'm determined to do what the Lord will allow me to do to make that happen. And part of what he allows me to do is go to presbyteries and say, listen, folks, <laughs> there's an opportunity here that we're all missing. And let's see what we can do to address that. I appreciate you guys and the church for supporting me in my ministry. There's still lots that is needed. Uh, but I appreciate you and trusting God and going forward with that and excited about uh, what the future holds for civilian chaplaincy uh, in our denominations. The PRCC represents seven denominations that are like-minded with the PCA. So think about the PCA and think about six other denominations that are pretty much like that. But, you know, when you get people involved, you just can't always get unity. <laughs> uh, so there are, there are different denominations out there that essentially believe the same thing. Uh, but this is an opportunity where our commission can serve all seven denominations because we see this goal, this purpose, as something that unifies us as we reach out to the, to the world around us. My daughter Hannah asked me this morning what my sermon was about, and I said everything. So, you know, the title is All Things. That won't stand there, will it? Y'all hold on with me. Tim moves around, right? So, you know, that's okay. I can move around. I just want a a visual for what the sermon is all about. It's about all things. And in Ephesians chapter 1, if you'll turn there, we have a passage that points us to some of what is meant by that. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 11, reading down through verse 14. 
Hear now the word of God. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. And of course, the key phrase that I'm focusing in on is at the end of verse 11, him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your greatness, that you are the sovereign king over all things. You are the one who created all things. All things are from you and to you and of you. They are all to your praise and glory. Lord, help us to understand that. Help us to see the power and the grace of your mighty hand and gracious hand and merciful hand at work each and every day and all that we do and experience. Lord, I pray that you would be pleased to bless this sermon, that you would speak through me words that will glorify you and lift up your people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you still have your hymn book, which I don't have one. Yeah, yes I do. I got one right here. In your hymnal, turn to page 851. Because in a way, what I'm preaching is the chapter from the Westminster Confession on Providence, which is chapter 5, in particular the first paragraph. Let me read that for us as well. God, the great creator of all things, doth uphold, direct, dispose, and govern all creatures, actions, and things. All creatures, all actions, and all things. From the greatest even to the least, by his most wise and holy providence, according to his infallible foreknowledge, and the free and immutable counsel of his own will, to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and mercy. Those are incredible words. And there are many other places in the Scripture that talk about the all things. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. We see in Colossians 1, 15, the description of God's Christ's preeminence, that all things are from Him and through Him and to Him. We know from Romans 8 that all things work together for good for those who are called according to God's purpose, who love Him and are called according to His purposes. The all things over and over and over is repeated through the Scriptures, in fact, 
as you see the, the hand-drawing artwork there, about a year ago, I decided I wanted to do a study on all things and where it appears in the Scripture. And I had the gift of that. I think it was for Christmas. might have been for my birthday. Someone down there remembers. Uh, don't ask me to remember. But it's on my desk as a reminder of all things. In fact, I'm tempted to make bumper stickers and become entrepreneurial. I wonder how much money I can make with bumper stickers, you know, uh, but probably not that much. As a reminder, because the reality is this is a hard truth. In my life, and I'm sure in your life, it's hard to think that all things have worked together for good. It's hard to think that all things that have happened to me and my loved ones were under the purview of God's counsel and will. The world who suffers, and I would think each and every one of us who are in the world, if we haven't suffered yet, we will. Pain, disease, heartache. When I think about the list of prayers, turn back over there with me, if you would. What page was that? That is page 7 in your bulletin. It's easy in some regards, and because of time constraints, the elders that lead the service, lead the, lead the prayer and the service for these needs, sometimes just have to state them. But when you think about the physical ailments, do you not think that there's also depression, that there's also heartache, that there's struggle, that there's anxiety, that there's financial stress, that there's relationship stress as someone you love and care for is sick, perhaps even dying, even if they're just injured, recovering from surgery, that changes everything in your household and the way that you experience life on a daily basis. There's struggles, there's heartache, there's pain, there's difficulties, there are diseases that are awful diseases that happen to all of us, all of our family members. How can we stand before the world and say, all things are worked out by the wisdom and the goodness and the mercy of God's will? I think many in the world would laugh at us. Or, like some people do, they come to the conclusion, well, if that's the God you worship, I don't want that God. I want a God who is loving and accepting and who weeps with me. Not one who judges me. Many of you remember from a long time ago a book that came out from, by uh, Rabbi Harold Kushner. And in that book, he basically says that either God is all-powerful or He's all-loving, but He can't be both. That's what the world sees. That was a, a book that, that, that scratched where the world is itching when it comes to trying to deal with God and the difficulties of life that we see. 
I am thankful that as Lamentations 3 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. I'm thankful for that verse that reminds me that every day, every morning, there's a new mercy that comes from God. One of the mercies that I rely upon that helps me deal with the struggles of life, the difficulties that are existent in my own personal life, in the life of my family, is the mercy of knowing that God is King. He is all-powerful. He is sovereign. And He does work all things. Because if He didn't, where are we? What power is at work that does things contrary to the things of God? Now, you may think that that challenges the integrity of God. But I think what it does is it reminds us of the depravity and the seriousness of sin. Mankind has rebelled. Mankind has fallen. I have fallen. I have rebelled. I've become obstinate. I've become hard-headed. And there are consequences to that. And as a consequence of the sin and the fall of mankind, the world now is affected by those things. But what this doctrine says is that that's not the final answer. I have been able to look back in my life. This is where I th- part of the tragedy of Alzheimer's disease is forgetting things. Sometimes that's a blessing. There may be some things that would be good to forget. But it would be a tragedy if you were to forget the things of God. I can look back on my life and I can see, yes, it was terrible terrible to be raised in a home filled with alcoholics who were physically abusive. That was hard. That it was hard to deal with a divorce of my father and mother and not really being raised by a father. Many of you know this story. I've shared it several times. I remember one of the diversity experiences we had at Children's Hospital. You know, if you're in a big corporation, you're going to have some kind of diversity training, right? You know how that works. As part of one of our diversity trainings, we, uh, I was, the group I was in, everyone had to go through this group. I was in this group with about 20 or 30 other people. And the leader would ask questions about basically your history, your past. And if there was, if you answered yes to a particular question, you would step forward. And if you answered no, you'd step back. So there would be all sorts of things stated, like, did you grow up with 
books in your home? No. Step back. Did you grow up uh, in a home free of violence? No. Step back. Did you grow up in a home free of alcohol and drug addiction? No. You step back. At the end of the event, it was me and one other lady at the back of the room. Everyone else was far in front of us. And so I think back and I say, in the world that I grew up in, it makes sense that there would be drug addiction and difficulties. And without taking all the time, because I am talking about all things, so I guess I do have all the time I need, right? Where is God in that? Where is God in those challenges and in those painful things? Those awful things that happen in the world? I'm thankful that by morning by morning, one of the new mercies I see is a remembrance of who God is. Because even through those things, I was not alone. One of the great things about our theology, which is called covenant theology, is that God made a covenant with His people. And the covenant essentially says, I will be your God and you will be my people. We are now in relationship with one another. So that when we struggle, we really are not alone. That part of what Rabbi Kushner said is true. Where he said that God is not all-powerful, that's the wrong side. And they really are both together. From the counsel of his own will, he has worked all things. Why is that hopeful? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not hopeful for you. Maybe it's something that you were wrestling with and struggling with. Maybe it's something you can't reconcile in your understanding of God and the things that are going on in your life. When I first started work at Children's Hospital and I would see children come in with the injuries and the diseases and the things that they had and the final outcomes of those things coming from good families as well as from poor families and struggling families and families of addiction, but also families who are church-going and professionals and doctors and lawyers and bankers. It didn't matter. I was challenged in my understanding of God's providence and God's sovereignty. It was a challenge to think that I am teaching and I am believing what this confession of faith says. All things, all creatures, all actions are upheld, directed, disposed, and governed by my God. It can be a hard truth 
But the reason that there is hope, at least for me, see if this fits for you, is that those things I went through as hard and difficult and challenging and wrong as they are. Let's, let's don't paint them in a, with a, the wrong brush there. Wrong and hateful and evil and mean and destructive. Wrong. That even those things are not outside God. And if they're not outside God, then these things that are mentioned in the Scripture about what is ahead for us, and the seal and the guarantee of the Holy Spirit, and the promise of eternal life, and the strength to do all things because He is with me. I can face burden, financial difficulties. I can face even being rich. Listen, rich people. You've got particular struggles. You've got particular challenges that the rest of us people don't have. The rest of us regular people, right? All of us in this room are rich to some degree compared to the world. But those who are extremely wealthy have particular challenges. Paul says, I have learned to have plenty. I've learned what it means to have nothing. But I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Why can I do all things? Why can I endure the hardships? Why can I endure the pain and the difficulty? Why can I come forward the next morning and expect God's mercies to be new to me? It's because He is the King. It's because He does sit upon the throne. It's because all things are upheld and directed and disposed and governed by Him. If they weren't, no hope. None. But it's because this God is the God that we know revealed to us and that we experience in our lives. Even those awful, tragic difficulties of our lives, we can endure and go forward with. Because our God reigns. So in addition to seeing us through the difficulties and the challenges, we have incredible promises about what's ahead. The promises are typically about heaven. But sometimes the promises are about today. The things that we can do because of Him with us. Because we know He's in charge. Because we know that these things are working together out of, the, out of the heart of one who is filled with goodness and kindness and mercy and love. We can go forward today. We can go forward this hour. We can go forward tomorrow because of this God the one who reigns and governs all things. We have the great joy and privilege of having the Lord's Supper this morning. The Lord's Supper points us to the past, 
We do this remembering that God so loved us that he sent his son down to this world for us. And if he was all-powerful and almighty, why is it that he allowed people to spit on his son? To put a thorn of crowns on his head? To pierce him with a sword? To mock him on the cross? He did it because all things are working together according to the counsel of his will. And in that particular incident, the counsel of his will was, I will save my people. They have rebelled. They have sinned. They are lost. They are gone. They are struggling. They are, they are not lovable people. But they're my people, and I am their God, and I will redeem them. And so we see this table that reminds us of the work of Christ upon the cross, the things of the past. It also reminds us of the things of the future, because it says in the passages that we usually read that we are to do this until He comes again, where He says that I will join with you around the table in heaven and have this cup together with you in the joy and the presence of my Father. And so we have the hope that when we die, be it today, be it tomorrow, be it when we're 102, 117, whenever it might be, until He comes again, we are going to look forward to what He has promised us, and He has guaranteed it to us, And He has sent the Holy Spirit to us to be the seal of that. But how does that help us today? It helps us today because today, this hour, in a few minutes, if I will quit talking. Thank you for laughing. Thank you. Wanted to break the the tension there. In a few minutes, we're going to be invited to take this bread and this cup and consume them. Put them inside our bodies. The physical elements reminding us of the spiritual truths and promises and that they are real for us today. It's not just looking ahead. It's not just putting something on the calendar. But it's the reality of today experiencing what it means to have Christ in us. In that passage in Ephesians, it says, In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things, according to the counsel of His will. Verse 13, In Him you also heard the word of truth, a little bit further down, and believed in Him who sealed and guaranteed these things for us. It's in Christ. It's in Christ that these things are true. It's in Christ that all of this makes sense. For the world, for us to stand up and say, everything, all things work together for good. All things 
happen according to His purpose, according to His will. All things are upheld and disposed and directed and governed by God is nonsense. But in Him, it's a mercy. It's a truth. It's a promise. It's a reality. From the past to the future and even now. So that whatever struggle, whatever challenge, whatever heartache, whatever wrong is going on in your life, in Him there is victory. Because in Him, God loved us and has called us, as Tim reminded us, even before the foundation of the world. I don't understand it, but it's true. Praise be to God. Let's bow together. Thank you, Lord, for your greatness. Lord, we long for the day when you come again. For when that time comes, there will be a judgment against the wrongs. There will be justice that is done. And there will be an incredible expression and experience of your grace, which will be truly glorious. Thank you, Lord, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.